Hello, everybody, and welcome to Slash You. My name is Nick. And I'm Andy. Hey, Andy, what do we do at Slash You? At Slash You, we're a weekly podcast where we try to educate you about a campy, forgotten slasher horror movie made sometime between the years 1977 and 1988. Find us at SlashYouPodcast.com or on Instagram, Slash You underscore podcast. Yeah, give us a listen on all your favorite podcast platforms. Thanks for joining us. Slash You class dismissed. Warning. The following program contains subject matter not suitable for a younger audience. It contains offensive language and opinions. Stop it! You're acting like a child! Greetings, ghouls. It's time to discuss, disgust, and dissect. All right. No normal mind can imagine. I'm going to die here. Aren't you drinking? I never drink. Why? Fucking Welcome to Fans of the Dead. I'm Mike. I'm Jeremy. How you doing, bro? Doing good. I've been waiting to do this movie in long form probably since we started doing the show. Hmm, really? This is one of my favorite movies, like horror movies of all time, which is why I chose it for my birthday. It's a really good one, and... I mean, the one reason that everybody gives for not liking it is such a stupid, silly reason to not like something and hate on the whole rest of the movie because of something that takes place over 30 seconds, you know? The hell was that? Spicy hot V8. Huh. Okay, then. It's a makeshift Bloody Mary. Gotcha. I meant to ask you if we had some sort of a beverage recipe for this. Oh, we do. Oh, we do. We do. We, uh, we'll we get into that. So obviously the movie we're talking about is Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. Like, do we even call it part five? Yeah, I, don't, I, I can't remember if on the box it said part five or not. I mean, on the posters and all like the... You know, promotional material, it says five. It's got the Roman numeral V. But the movie itself does not say part five. It just straight up says Friday the 13th, a new beginning. Yeah. And and there's no middle ground for opinion on this movie. It's either you absolutely love this movie or you absolutely hate this movie. Obviously, absolutely love this movie. Yeah, I'm a big fan of this movie, despite the big reveal, which we'll get into so i mean yeah let's talk about recipes this is a recipe for disaster all right we had an enchilada off yes we did we had a little enchilada cooking contest and that was actually really fun yes so i mean i tried to go traditional with a little bit of a kick i had the peak thc infused hot sauce which was very nice and very chill. And uh, obviously you went in a more innovative direction. Was that a Susan's recipe? It was Susan's recipe. Um, so basically it was just 
shredded chicken with some picante sauce. It was mixed with um, cream cheese and diced um, diced chilies and some uh, Mexican cheese spread on top, baked in the oven. Oh, it was fantastic. Good stuff. Yes, both enchiladas were very tasty. You could say they were damn tasty, those oh. damn enchiladas. But for a beverage, this one I kind of pulled out of my ass because I was watching the movie and, you know, Ethel's stew seemed to be the best thing in the world. It was like, the whole wide world, ma, you make the best stew. Shut up, you dildo. <laughs> She's hilarious. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll obviously touch upon some of her dialogue choices, but the stew she's making looked like water with some <laughs> radish slices. So I'm drinking a radish martini. I'm calling Ethel's Stew. It's just a regular martini. You get a little splash of vermouth, a lot of vodka, but instead of olives, slices of radish. And it gives it a nice little peppery flavor. It's actually quite nice. Well, but I actually drank, drank it pretty quickly, so that's why I also have a Bloody Mary. I guess we could call it a Bloody Joey. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Joey. Just wanted to help. Just wanted to hang out. Just, just He was being generous. Just wanted to give him a candy bar. All right. So here we go. <clears throat> Friday the 13th, a new beginning. Jason is back. Hockey mask and all. And he's up to his old maniacal tricks in Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning. This time, he seems to have set his sights on the young patients at a secluded halfway house. And more than a few of his teen targets end up in half. In quarters. You name it. Jason does it. This is the fifth scary installment in the Friday the 13th saga. If you liked the first four, you think and think... You're up to getting back on Jason's bloody trail. You'll love Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning. That's a little misleading. It is very misleading. Jason is in that synopsis way more than he's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we should probably drop the spoilers thing there. <laughs> oh, man. Spoilers ahead. Yeah, Jason's not the killer in this one. Did you know that the first time you watched this? The first time I watched the movie, no. I mean, going into it, I didn't know. Obviously, you know, I kind of figured it out. But I honestly I honestly didn't care, like, that it wasn't him. Not at all. The 11 or 12-year-old me that was watching this rented from Blockbuster. I mean, the, when the reveal happened, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Who is that guy? The head of the mask wasn't great. Yeah, I mean, was that guy moonlighting as a makeup artist? Because he did a great job with that like whole like head wrap thing. Yeah, it was a guy in a hockey mask killing people. I honestly didn't care if it was the local guy who worked at the corner store. Like, it, it was a dude in a hockey mask killing people. I was glad it wasn't Tommy. Uh, but other than that, yeah, kills. I mean, plenty of violence and plenty of boobs. I was a very happy boy. Yes. Very much. All right. So we ready to get into it? Let's do it, man. All right. Friday the 13th, part five, a new beginning from 1985. You know, they, they banged out a movie 
every single year for the first like seven years of the 80s. That is very impressive. Talk talk about, you know, efficient, you know, turnover. Well, they were making money, like not much budget, big payout. I mean, of course, the studio was like, uh, can you make another one? But we killed him. Ah, who cares? <laughs> it doesn't matter who gives a shit. Right, so- Wait, hold on, hold on. Last time on Friday the 13th. <laughs> like, the, should like do a little recap. So, yeah, Jason's mom, she was the murderer. Oh, now Jason's the murderer. And then Tommy Jarvis, a young boy, goes crazy and totally machetifies Jason's <laughs> face. And now here we are. Yes. This was actually listed as a horror mystery. Oh, it's a mystery. I did not know that going in, or else maybe I wouldn't have been so mystified at the end. <laughs> so the beginning starts. We have a young Tommy, who at this point is still Corey Feldman, which apparently they, they he was too busy to actually do this movie. They had an original plot for this movie, which I'm not 100% sure what it was. Damn goonies changing yeah. the whole arc of the Tommy Jarvis character. Thanks a lot, Spielberg. Well, I guess like Corey was pissed. Like he wanted to do this movie. So I don't know if he just didn't have interest in the Goonies. I mean, obviously the Goonies made a lot more money, but. Right. But I mean, I think as a kid, he was probably very excited to continue with his character being the main character. And the studio was probably just pushing to, you know, push it out. He probably wasn't given much of a choice. Right. So starts with young Tommy and we're walking. He's walking through the woods in this like yellow raincoat. We all float down here, Corey. (laughs) Comes out to this opening where we see Jason's grave. Now, who buried Jason? It's like on the outskirts of a cemetery. It's a very shallow grave. Like there's a heap of where his body's at. And there's really nice like. Not a great headstone, but it's a lot nicer than you would think he would deserve. Yeah. I see. Now, I would think if if we've known his history in the past, like, you know, three movies, they would have just set him on fire and burned him. But no, he gets a later. Supposedly, we find out that is what happened to him. But yeah, we get these two buffoons who very enthusiastically <laughs> want to dig him up. Like they're high fiving and grab assing and they're like, hey, let's go. We're gonna be heroes, man. Now this whole thing kind of foreshadows the intro to part six. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost almost identical without like the whole Frankenstein kind of like aspect. Yeah. And also, like he I mean, he's buried with his mask on. And with a machete. They gave the, him his The machete. mask with the red marking. Yes. Mask with the red markings. A machete and like an old timey screwdriver, was it? Yeah. In case he wanted to like do some woodworking in his coffin. <laughs> I don't know why they gave him tools. <laughs> I don't know. So they they get the, the casket open. Of course, needless to say, out comes the machete. Dun, dun, dun. You know, meanwhile, the whole time, like Tommy's watching this, sees the two guys get killed. He gets out of the out of the coffin, comes towards Tommy. And just as he's about to kill him, it was all a dream. No, I used to read 
Good Housekeeping magazine, which is what the guy riding shotgun in this van seems to be reading. And it seems to be a very interesting article. Yeah, there was maybe the swimsuit issue. I don't know. <laughs> they weren't wearing swimsuits. They weren't wearing <laughs> anything. True. The guy was just like straight up perving out reading a porno mag. Yeah, I'm, I don't know which one it was. but So we have older Tommy jolts awake. He's riding in a van from the Unger Institution. Now, the passenger in the front reading a nudie mag. Now, we have, like, the opening title scene. Exploding title. Now, the mask has the blue hash marks on it, so we're not Hmm. red. But everything else is basically like a typical Friday opening. Now, speaking of the masks, and obviously there's a difference in the masks, I wonder if they did this on purpose or they just kind of, like, shit out the artwork for the the poster and the the cover art because it, it kind of bothers me it's a, it, a hockey mask that never gets used the blue and the red you mean the po- the- no the poster it's oh, a different okay. style goalie mask oh i i didn't know what you mean but like for the front of like the vhs tape yeah and the posters and stuff yeah and the title it says friday the 13th a new beginning and the you know the v the Roman numeral five kind of looks like those little carrots that you would put in homework when you mm. need, you forgot something. Yeah. I remember that. Look, like going to the, going to the store. It's like a white, it's like a white, more, more modern, like hockey mask. Well, mo- like, not modern anymore, but well, in 1985. Yes. With like pink, like coming out of like the eyes or something. Yeah. Like glowing eyes. Yeah. So when we show up at the Pinehurst Youth Development, where we see suicide from Return of the Living Dead on an excavator. But here his name is Vic. Vic Fadden. Yeah. So this whole Pinehurst Youth Development Center kind of reminded me of the place in Nightmare on Elm Street 3, you know, the Dream Warriors. Yep. Kind of like the same same type of vibes, even though that came out two years later. It's very true. Mm-hmm. So, Tommy doesn't really talk. Not a talker. Yeah, I mm. noticed. <laughs> uh, we meet Pam, played by Melanie uh, Kinneman. She comes out to greet him as the passenger, who I believe his name is Billy, is very unsuccessful, where he says, I don't give a shit. Stay there. Yeah. Hey, Pam. <laughs> <laughs> Pam gets him to go into the house and she brings him to Matt, who we will later know as the guy who gave young Indiana Jones his hat. Yes. Yeah. So when I first saw this movie, I'm like, this dude looks so familiar and I couldn't pinpoint it. And then I look him up I'm like, oh, my God. Of course, the first picture they show is him as Fedora. Yeah, that's his credit is Fedora. It is. It is. Yeah, but they introduce us to a lot of people really quick. And if this is going to be a mystery, there are suspects galore. Yes, there are. He still doesn't want to talk at all. Um, He's just kind of sitting there playing with the zipper on his bag. And they explain to him that it's basically a place where he can be independent, but he's still like supervised. Yeah, it's. It's how he can kind of assimilate back into society because I guess he's been at like a hospital for the past how many ever years this time jumped from part four. It's a halfway house. 
Yeah, I'm I'm curious as to how old he's actually supposed to be in this. I'm guessing like late teens, early twenties, maybe. I read that this was like twenty years later, but it can't be that much of a jump. That that seems like I would say maybe ten years, maybe. See, I would think like ten, maybe fifteen, depending on how. Well, I mean, what was he in part four? Like twelve? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking he was like early twenties. Yeah. So he gets to his room. He unpacks and he has like this pocket knife. He slips it under the bed. Yeah, how the hell did he get a pocket knife? No kidding. He goes into the closet and here we meet Reggie the Reckless, where he pranks him with a fake spiders. Are you scared of spiders? You scared of spiders on a string? Man, you was one scared cat. And yeah, well, Tommy gets the last laugh here where he puts on one of his masks and like screams at him. It's like, yo, man. No, I thought this was really cool. So Tommy obviously doesn't talk to people and he's actually bonded with Reggie on this a little bit because Reggie's looking at the mask. Oh, it's not like you made these. He's like, well, I actually did. So he like opened himself up to this kid and they like scared each other. And that was that was a cool moment. I like that. Solid. Word. That's what he said. Yes, we have the sirens. The cops show up with two of the residents. Who apparently were, uh, this is the scientific way of putting this, screwing their heads off. (laughs) Screwing their heads off on neighbor's property. Well, luckily Ethel didn't see him. Or did she? I'm thinking she did because they pull up rather quickly. Ethel and Junior, two of the best characters in this franchise. Yes. Well, morning, Ethel. <laughs> uh, Horseshit. You need to shut this loony bin down. Yeah, she wants the place closed down. You tell him, Ma. Shut up, you big dildo. <laughs> yeah, so there's a whole big like interaction between the two, and they just want all the all the crazy people gone. And the place shut down. And and Ethel actually threatens lives here. She says, yeah. if any of these crazies show up on my property again, I'll blow their fucking heads off. And then, as the cop is trying to de-escalate the situation, she claims to have a bomb on her person and <laughs> says that she will blow them all up. Ah, uh, the 80s. Different times. In little hick towns where the cops don't actually care. Yeah. So now we see Vic is chopping wood. Now Joey comes out with a candy bar. He's he's trying to be helpful. He wants something to do. He yeah. goes up to the girls. They're doing laundry. He gets his nasty melted chocolate fingers all over the clean linens. I mean, clearly there's something wrong with him. Like, like He seems to be the only one besides Tommy that actually should be in this place. Right. Obviously Vic. Vic should not be handling an axe. (laughs) So besides Vic, Tommy, and Joey, like everyone else seemed kind of normal. Yeah, I'm I'm not quite sure. Like, like, oh, this kid's got a stutter. Put him in the fucking youth development center. (laughs) Right. So he goes over to Vic. Hi, Vic. And you know he's like, oh, you know I really like to try chopping wood. It looks like fun. You want a chocolate bar? Well, I'll just leave it for you. It, you know what? You you can have it. Now, I want to point out, like, a lot of... I, try, I was trying desperately to find out what kind of candy bar this was because I wanted to 
to eat it right now. <laughs> People have been saying it's a Mr. Good bar. Eh, not a Mr. Good bar. It's actually a Munchies bar. Huh. Which doesn't exist. It's a prop. I was thinking it was more like a Zagnut, but... Nope. Munchies. I got a good screenshot of it. Was very disappointed. So now I'm eating a fake candy bar. Yeah, I didn't really get a good um, get a good look at it. So he leaves the candy bar on the log. Vic is very angry. Chops the bar in half, which super upsets Joey. You out of line, Vic. <laughs> if that's the way you feel, you can forget it, Vic. Just remember, you're really out of line. Well, you know what's out of line next? Yeah, he got really out of line. His his arm was no longer in line with his shoulder. Like, his legs weren't really attached either, maybe. He got fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you could say, if he wanted to chop wood, he couldn't hack it. <laughs> <laughs> so, the ambulance shows up, and one of the EMTs, you know, they pull the sheet back. One of the EMTs seems really uneasy. They pull the sheet back, and there's immediate shock. Of course, everyone's screaming. Now we have the driver of the ambulance. Uh, I'm not really sure what his name was. No, but he calls everyone pussies. Yes. Hey, a bunch of pussies. Come on, Roy. Get your hands dirty. And at that very moment, in hindsight, this is a big moment. Watching yeah. it for the first time, just, just another thing. But it well, like zooms in on this guy's <laughs> face almost. He's got these evil eyes, and there's even a sinister musical cue. I mean, if you're at this point, like if you're a seasoned like horror like viewer, like you'd probably get it, and you'd be like, "That's the guy, that's the guy right there." But like as a kid or a teenager, you're like, "He seems upset. He shouldn't. He shouldn't probably be uh, checking up on crime scenes. <laughs> he needs a new profession." So now we're on the side of the road where we have these two, uh, for lack of better words, I mean, two greasers. That's exactly what I wrote. Two greasers with car trouble. Yeah. Some have actually hinted that these, this is like the first like gay couple to be like killed in the series. Right. But the actors themselves have kind of left it open-ended and they're just like, eh, it's whatever you want to believe. Yeah, you said open-ended. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but they're bickering like an old couple. And one goes to take a crap. On a uh, rabbit. Oh, I thought I thought you were going to pull the next line out where he goes, crap my ass! <laughs> no, no, no. So one of them, he's still trying to like start the car. And uh, someone writes a, lights a road flare. And he thinks it's Pete. Now, Pete is the guy who went to go. What was it? He was the one. Once yeah, yeah, no, because he was like, Pete, Pete, what are you doing? What are you doing? And then he deep throats oh, the flare. Oh, that's, that's right. But before, like, he comes back, he's already face down in the engine, and he's sitting, he's trying to start the car, and he goes, start the car, why can't you fix the car, motherfucker? Yeah, he like, did like a, a horrible little freestyle right there. Oh, it's awful. And then he gets, he gets his throat slit, and uh, yeah, so Tommy wakes up with some night sweats, after he's like hearing the voices, like, you know, himself from the end of part four, him just hacking the shit out of Jason.
now he goes to the mirror and obviously he needs to take some sort of medication to i'm guessing that helps with this whole thing and he looks back up at the mirror and he sees jason red mask jason yes red mask jason i wrote notice how he's dressed red mask yes i also wrote take your meds bro (laughs) now it's breakfast time reggie calls everyone out everyone's not really in a good mood vi had accidentally set too many places because you don't set a place for a dead person yeah that was that was a rough line right there and you gotta think this is only a day later right she's still in a routine yeah like that's it's not a big deal everyone makes it like it's a big deal yeah matt gives kind of a pep talk tommy kind of strolls in and uh, Matt sends him, sends him to go get Eddie, but he comes in with one of Tommy's masks to try to scare the crap out of him, and he just kind of like pokes him, and he's like, what's the matter, buddy? Can't you take a joke kind of thing? And yeah, Tommy, don't poke the bear. Tommy beats the bag out of him. He like suplexes him into like a glass table or something, like whatever that was against the wall. <laughs> it, apparently he has rage issues. Yeah. So he hallucinates. He is very quick to violence. Very He's got much. some guarding issues. Now, we go back to our favorite uh, duo's house. We're at Ethel's house where she's chopping up a chicken because she's going to chop him up into itty bitty pieces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what she says. <laughs> it's true. She's hilarious. Uh, so, so she ad-libbed most of her dialogue. And you got to give it up because she's hilarious. Yeah, because Junior like mimics her. She's like, he's like, yeah, you big dildo. Eat your fucking slop. Sorry, Ma. This random guy shows up and this is one of my like I was watching it a few days ago and I almost spit my drink out because I've just it. her delivery is hilarious. This, this random like homeless looking guy shows up at the door. And, Holy Raymond. shit. What, who the fuck are you? What the fuck do you want? He wants to eat. So he's just looking for a hot meal. He's willing to work for it. So she sends him to clean shit. And uh, she has, that's one fucking ugly man. Yeah, that's one ugly fucking man. You ain't so pretty yourself. Yeah, I ain't so pretty myself. Sorry, sorry, mom. So apparently, like, she's wearing a wig in this movie. Now... Yeah. She was she was in a Burt Reynolds movie like prior to this, Sharky's Machine. Apparently, that's the same exact wig from that movie. And props snatched it up. Yeah, they did. That's why you don't bring your shit to work. It's true. Let work provide your work for you. Mm-hmm. So at the side of the road, they have you know they they have the two the two kids' bodies. The, the greasers from like the night before the sheriff is asking what is going on you talking to me no Roy shut the fuck up oh sorry <laughs> I thought you were talking to me like, huh. they, 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 you're asking me what was going on very even odd. though I was I wasn't even looking at you or like pointed in your direction but I, I do know what's going on I, I mean I could explain the whole thing but you know <laughs> fine you weren't talking to me that's fine your loss. Don't mind the hockey mask with the blue hatch marks. That is in my bag. I mean, it's not in my bag. 
That's not my bag. <laughs> so now, the passenger from the the Unger facility, his name is Billy. He pulls up to a diner searching for Lana. Lana, the waitress. Now, I have to say, this is probably one of the entries in the franchise that is spread amongst a few days. Mm-hmm. So this wouldn't just be a Friday. This would also be a Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, I feel like this took place over like a week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a weekend minimum. Yeah, most definitely, because there's two nights and two mornings. Right. So he's so he's honking the horn. You know, Yolanda! <laughs> so she comes out. She's like, you know, we're closed. But anyway, so she goes to close up. She goes to freshen up and like change. And, and flash she, the mirror. And she flashes the mirror because it's showtime. 12-year-old me did not mind that that didn't make any sense. But it was the actress's idea. It was. Yeah, she said she went up to the director and was just like, I want to do this. She's like, okay, that's that, that sounds great. You flashing your tits, great. But, I mean, that's really why I hired all of you people. <laughs> it's true. Flash your tits and then die. Yes. Uh, now, because it's the 80s, uh, Billy is just doing uh, coke on the armrest. Well, he had a little, he had a whole little setup. He had a little zip. Yeah, but he zip rested it on and... the armrest and did it on the armrest. Yeah, on a mirror. Because it's cloudy in the mountains, sunny in the valley, and snow flurries up oh, my nose. My nose. <laughs> he was, he was a funny guy. He was. He did like, he's like... <laughs> Like a fucking cartoon (laughs) character. Uh, Lana hears a noise. Uh, Apparently this old cat comes out of nowhere, as typical in horror movies. Uh, Yeah, typical of a diner to have a cat jump scare. (laughs) No kidding. Uh, Billy's being impatient. He just keeps honking like a dick. Although we don't know how long, how much time has passed. I'm guessing a lot of time. Yeah, probably. And he's on speed time because he's on (laughs) God knows how much coke. Right. Uh, she gets halfway out. Hey! Axe to the head. Boom. Right right to the target. His little bald spot. Yes. It's like the, the bald bullseye. <laughs> now Lana doesn't see him. Billy, come on. It's cold. Grabs his spilled Coke on the floor. That's a good way to waste a lot of money. And so she sees like boots and an axe on the floor or on the ground. She gets, she, she gets to bump before she gets bumped. Yeah. So, yeah, she gets the axe to the stomach, which I guess, like, people in the surrounding neighborhoods, like, didn't know, like, a movie was being made. So she just kind of started, like, stumbling around, the, uh, like, the street afterwards, and people are, like, trying to <laughs> help her. Are you okay? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> So now Tommy's back up in his room, looking out the window. This is like we see the screwy. I call them the screwy couple because apparently that's all they do. They run by and then Tommy hallucinates Jason looking up at the window. Now, there was another cool little tidbit that like the stunt coordinator for the movie was like up in the window, like while they were filming that thing, while he's just like standing there. So I guess like the stun coordinator mooned him. Oh yeah, trying to get him to laugh under the mask. Yeah. So <laughs> now whenever I see that, I'm like, oh, 
I'm, I'm like trying to look to see if he's actually like laughing see if, if he can flinches see, like, or something yeah yeah so now we're at the sheriff's office now it looks like the mayor is there mayor he's, Cobb. Not, he's not happy now i didn't know this was a city like i kind of pictured this as like kind of a woodsy small town but yeah i guess they have a mayor and he's pissed about the murders and he's don't even talk about jason fucking Voorhees. he was cremated this was this was also a funny like back and forth too but yeah he's basically just like you know what the fuck is going on here i'm telling you it's jason fucking Voorhees. it's like jason is dead (laughs) i solved the case give me a raise (laughs) get me a live goddamn suspect and then he continues to proceeds to throw his um glass ashtray at the door yeah what a dick move which seemed to shatter like pretty easily. That looked yeah. pretty thick. Yeah, it was a cheap version of a good ashtray. Yeah. Um, now we have Tina, played by Deborah Voorhees. No relation. None whatsoever. However, she was a Playboy bunny. <laughs> what does that have to do with her last name? Just saying that the actress was a Playboy bunny. Oh, yes. Well-deserved bunny years. Absolutely. Um, she's hanging clothes again, and Eddie has other plans. So off they go. Fuck you, Eddie. Yeah, exactly. So off they go to fucking the woods as the weird, like, vagabond looking guy is just kind of like looking and perving, like, in the <laughs> bushes. And, like, that was, I was like, huh, is this the bad guy? Oh, nope, he's dead. <laughs> like, just as, like, they could have used him as a red herring, like, but apparently, all right, so Danny Steinman is the director of this. Yeah. And he was told by the studio, you need to do two things. One, there needs to be a shock, scare, or kill every seven or eight minutes. And you can basically use a timer. And there really is. Um, I mean, they have characters showing up just to die. Just yeah. so they can keep keep up with the kills. And number two, during the course of the movie, Tommy needs to become Jason. That was his only rules. Right. So that guy dies. Now that they're done, I mean, this made it seem like it was uh, like, you know, one, two, three, done. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am kind of thing. No, but a lot of people say that there was a lot more footage to that scene and it ended up getting cut down. They said it was originally about three minutes long. Yeah. So it's funny. I was actually listening to this section of Crystal Lake Memories on my way home from uh from work today yeah and i guess he was like danny steinman was getting like really dirty like he's like what are you doing you know grab her tits grab her pussy grab do this do this do that do this right and so like i I think it was one of the producers went over to frank mancuso and he's like ah dude i don't know (laughs) like what what do i do and he what oh god what did he say he was like uh make it look like a fucking coca-cola commercial or something yeah uh, it's it's funny because they all mention, oh, he was a porn director. Nobody knew he was a porn director. He did direct one porn called High Rise back in 1972 or three. And I mean, have you seen it? it it's, no. it's horrible. But it does have some like great moments where a wife says, well, you get the fuck in here. I'm horny as hell. I mean, you know, Oscar winning shit right there. <laughs> Uh, yeah so Eddie goes to wash up 
like in the lake. Now, I did not understand this part. So they, they just have sex in the woods. He lights up a bent pinner, like it was like the horrible, like yeah. worst joint. And he's like, I need to wash up. But yeah, where? In the lake? That's disgusting. I mean, it's not like, I mean, they didn't roll you, around and like, like you're crazy people. So How dirty they, could you be? I mean, they put a sheet down, didn't they? Yeah, it was like a little picnic fuck. Yeah, it's fine. Go back to the house and take a shower. Like a normal yeah. person. Well, they're not normal. They're crazies. We know this. This is true. Fine. Touche. And now she's just laying naked, which also didn't mind. Now we have another great kill here where she gets the loppers to the eyes. Yes. And you hear that snap when, like, you know, it goes, like, through her, like, the yeah, bridge he, of Yeah, when nose. he closes them. I mean, it's done off screen, but they do show the aftermath. And God damn, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. And then he comes back and sees her ass naked and, like, kind of turns her over. So he flips out. And then he gets, like, the horse belt around the eyes. And he's just, like, twisting and twisting and twisting. Now, I do want to mention to Jason slash... Roy here. It's righty tighty, lefty loosey. They well, he started both, that way. I know both ways don't work the same. <laughs> There's a little continuity ever. Just making sure this guy's dead. <laughs> now it's nighttime, and Pam is taking Reggie to see his older brother, Demon. Yes, and which was okayed by George, his granddaddy, who is the cook at the center. Yes. Um, Demon was also in Return of the Living Dead. He played Spider. Yes. So Miguel A. Nunez Jr. Now, when they're driving the pickup truck to meet up with Demon. All right. Now, Harry, you know, great score. You know, he does an amazing job. But I think it was a little, little aggressive music as they were driving. It was like escape music. Not like, yeah. hey, let's go see your brother. Right. No, I did notice that. So Matt convinces Tommy that they should go, that he should go with them. And it looks like, I mean, it looks like he hasn't slept in days. No. So they pull up to Demon's van in the trailer park. It's him and his girlfriend. Yeah, I love I love Reggie. He's like, right when he's seen the girlfriend, he's like, where'd you get that? <laughs> and then he tried to say that Pam was his girlfriend. Yeah, Tommy kind of hangs back. He's like, you want an enchilada? How about a taco? An egg roll? Slice of pizza? Where the fuck do they get their takeout? Like, that's, a, that's a weird sampler. It's a, like rainbow buffet. Oh. Oh. So anyway, so he starts flirting with the girlfriend. And then it's where he, you know, he introduces Pam. This is my girlfriend. Tommy walks up to like the neon sign and starts just kind of like wigging out a little bit. But Junior rolls on up drunk. What are you doing or something? Starts poking him and pushing him. Yeah, he, he notices the pickup truck and he's like, oh, you one of them loonies. Yeah, you're one of them fucking crazy people. So Tommy beats the shit out of him, too. Yeah, he, dude, this was a wicked cool sequence right here. He like. Punch him in the kidneys a bunch of times and then like high kicks him to the ground. Yeah, it got yeah, it was like a spinning kick probably somewhere. Yeah. It was it was it looked like it was actually like choreographed. Yeah. Junior's just like, hmm. Yeah, 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 I'm gonna go to mama. 
Um, yeah. So Pam's like, oh, shit. Yeah, we got to go. Yeah. To, to Reggie, we got to go. <laughs> Breaks it up. Tommy runs like off somewhere. And then Demon starts to have a little bit of stomach issues. Yeah, you can like hear the rumble. It's just damn enchiladas. Apparently, if you, I don't know if you noticed, inside the outhouse, Fadden was there. Yeah, there was a lot of tags. They got the old stupid World War II Kilroy, the end of the world is near. And yeah, Fadden was here. So I'm guessing that was Vic. No. No. No, that would have been a good, like, little red herring thing. You know, Vic's all hanging out. But supposedly, Fadden is spelled wrong. How the hell would we know that? Fadden was just like the uh, the art director's golf buddy, apparently. Oh, well, that's just stupid. A stu- yeah, stupid coincidence. So his girlfriend starts shaking the outhouse. Hey, bitch, what are you doing? Lighten up. You'll feel better once you shit. (laughs) (laughs) And then comes the best serenading of all horror history. Ooh, baby. Hey, baby. Hey, hey, baby. Ooh, baby. (laughs) Oh, baby. (laughs) Well, then he takes it up to the next octave. Like, he's he's taking it up a notch. He's like, ooh, baby. Ooh, baby. (laughs) And then she kind of stops singing. Say, hey, baby. So he opens the door, sees that her throat is slit. And then he gets a post through the leg. Like, through the outhouse into his leg. Yes. Ouch. That that was, uh, bet that sucked. And then. Yeah, he's going to get sepsis. (laughs) And then he gets it right through the chest. Now, as we go back to Pinehurst. Now, Matt and George, this is Reggie's grandfather. Like they're gone, they're they're kind of missing, and now we're gonna have a search party, and then we jump and skip to Junior's house, where Junior's pissed that he got his ass kicked, and he's riding around in a circle in his yard. You're my mom. You're my mom. I'm making your dinner. So as he's going around and around and around, he uh, he get, he gets his head cut off. Yes, that was awesome. Which he still has his own head. Yeah, that's a pretty cool souvenir to be able to bring home. So I get, I don't know, they must have had like a rig, like attached to the bike somehow, like when he was going around. And I guess Danny Steinman was like, if you, it's like, you dump this bike, this is a $50,000 camera. He goes, I will fucking kill you. (laughs) So like that, that must have been like one intricate setup. Yeah, I'm sure. And then as, you know, she's trying to make the stew, she's put, she put unpeeled carrots in this fucking stew. It it did not look like a good stew. Like I said before, it seemed like a pot of water with slices of radish just floating on top. It didn't look like a stew. It looked more like stone soup. Yeah. And so she gets like the, was it like a butcher knife or something through the, through the head and she like squeezes the tomato. That was pretty cool. Yeah, that was awesome. A little reflex there, and then her face just gets dropped into her stew. Her cold water stew. Now, Pam's looking for Tommy, and right about now is when we have our stereotypical uh, truck stall. 
Yep. This is this is when trucks stall in horror movies. She gets out and starts walking. Now, Jake and Robin, who we haven't really talked about because they haven't done anything until now. Yeah, so all we know about Robin is that she can do laundry and she doesn't seem crazy at all. And Jake seems like a normal guy, except he stutters. Yeah. What, what, wanna, what, 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 wanna make love? <laughs> now they're watching an old movie, A Place in the Sun, which is like from the 50s, also about the drowning or a drowning at a lake. Interesting. Mm. Now nice Jake touch. is trying to hit on Robin and like he's just like so awkward and then she just kind of laughs at him, which such a bitch move man like i i get like a nervous laugh a little bit but no 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 no. this was like full-on like get the fuck out of here type of laugh like in his face just laughs in his face so he storms off he goes up to violet's room and like she kind of blows him off because she's listening to her very generic 80s music and then he gets the butcher knife to the face and Robin goes over to wake Reggie up so he can, you know, wakes him up to tell him to go to bed. Probably could have just left him there. Yeah, probably. But, you know, just saying. Now, Robin goes upstairs, disrobes and talks to the mirror. Because obviously this was a big theme in this movie. Topless talking into the mirror. Yes. Showtime. <laughs> then... Goes on to the top bunk of her bed, just in her underwear, and Jake is lying dead next to her, and then she gets the machete through the stomach. Hey, he got into her bed after all. Yeah, he did. And she got penetrated. (laughs) Now, Vi is in the middle of of the second best dance of this series. First, we'll always go to Crispin Glover. I would say this could battle. They, they could have a little dance-off. Violet does a little goth-bot dance to pseudo-echo his eyes. I have been rocking this song on and off for the last, like, year. Yeah, I was jamming pretty hard to this earlier today. I was like, yeah, this, this song's actually pretty good. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see a video side-by-side side of the two of them. Just we need We need to know which one's better. Pole coming up. Battle. So Reggie wakes up. Oh, wait, nope. Sorry. While she's doing the best dance of the of the series, the killer starts to enter the room and she gets a machete to the stomach, which is not exactly where it was supposed to go the first time. No. So, yeah. So she gets the machete to the stomach um, and she gets kind of like hung up on the wall. But yeah, originally it was supposed to be much more graphic and much more brutal. There's actually a picture, like behind the scene picture of it. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was supposed to go through the holy place and he was going to The holy lift. place. It was I supposed guess. to go up her pussy. <laughs> We're trying to be nice and professional. We're talking about a machete entering a vagina. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> Still trying to be professional. Okay. Moving on. But then lifting her up and no, tossing her aside. <laughs> So Reggie wakes up, goes up to Tommy's room, finds the recently deceased kids, and Pam's, you know, scares him by coming up behind him. And so she goes into the room 
and sees the dead people. And now we run off into a panic, and this is where we finally see the killer. About it time. It looks like Jason. It, it could be Jason. It could be Jason. But we have a different mask. We have blue hash marks. And it's just two, one on each side. We don't have the top one or anything like that. Uh, so we definitely know that something is different here. Yes. Something's a little off. Yes. So Pam and Reggie run from the house into the woods, as most do. Yeah. Do what they can to get lost. They come across the ambulance. They find the dead driver just kind of hanging out the door. A lot of bodies popping up in this. In this oh, scene. there's bodies everywhere. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. I mean, I, I'm just going to call him Jason just because it's it's easy. Um, <laughs> I mean, the back of the DVD called him Jason. Yeah, I guess so. Reggie's running away. I mean, for lack of better words, he'd be tripping everywhere. Oh, God. <laughs> Pam's running with and without a sweater. It just kind of, I don't know, she just gets cold sometimes. And other times she's, you know, hot because like it's on and off. Yeah, so... <laughs> She's actually said that she hates that pink sweater. And when she watches this scene, it's like, it kills her. Like the continuity yeah. of not wearing it. She's like, I hated the sweater to begin with. And I felt like I didn't look good in this movie until they turn on the sprinklers. Basically, it was like a wet t-shirt contest with her white shirt. Yes. Um. So they, they go back to the house. Reggie's grandfather gets thrown through the window. Now his eyes are missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His eyes are missing. Uh, they run away. Now, Blue Jason is chasing her and can apparently not catch up to her where she's just kind of flopping around and not, I don't know, not running in the straight line. She's just... Serpentine, man, serpentine. Yeah. Here comes Reggie with the with the excavator or bulldozer or whatever the fuck. I want to say it's hard to sneak up on someone with a fucking excavator. <laughs> and he doesn't move. So he's like driving towards him and he just turns around and just kind of stands there. It's like, what's he going to do? He's mm. getting awfully close. I'm very impressed with this young child's skills at driving an excavator. He's he's going to hit me soon. So he plows into him, sends him flying like 10 feet at, you know, four miles an hour. Yeah, <laughs> it was a noticeable um, sign of pain. Yes. A mm, lot of pain. Hmm. Now, they hug. Everything's great. It's all over. So they get closer to the body. And the killer grabs his leg. And apparently now we're going to head to the barn. Yep. So. I always assume the killer is still alive. Yes. Even if it's not the real Jason. Even the fake Jason is going to have a couple you know, more jumps at you. Yeah. Uh, so Blue Jason uh, walks in. He's kind of scoping the place out. Here's some noises. Reggie's hiding in the hay. Uh, Pam comes out with a chainsaw. Again, how do you surprise someone with a running chainsaw? She's like a chainsaw ninja. No shit. I mean, she started that shit instantly. Yeah, that, that doesn't happen. In no. real life, you would try to start it. It wouldn't start and you would die. Yeah, no, like my chainsaw is actually a very good chainsaw. It takes me at least like three tries. Like, you know, it's like, okay, you, you, you go to start it. You're like, oh shit, the choke's not on. You do that. And then you, it takes at least like three pulls. Yeah. 
So apparently yeah. this chainsaw fight happened Halloween night, 1984. So that was a cool little factoid. Interesting. Uh, chainsaw, which was miraculously started instantly, gets a few shots in until it stalls. Now trying to make a comeback, she throws it at him. She threw the chainsaw at him. Yep. When all else fails, throw your weapon away. Yeah. Reggie sees Tommy, yells for him. That stops Jason. Now, Tommy starts calling for him, and he just kind of, like, stands there as he, like, takes... Jason takes the machete and, like, slashes him across the chest. Yeah. Now, see, that seemed like a move. Like, obviously, Tommy would try to pull that, thinking it's Jason. But that move there, that tactic, would only work on the real Jason. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah. So, I asked... Tommy has his knife and stabs him in the leg. Yeah. So, fi- like, finally, we see that knife in action. Yes. Chekhov's pocket knife. Uh, so Tommy climbs up. Jason follows. As Tommy's, like, laying down and, like, playing dead, you know, he look, Jason looks around, and Reggie, he stands up to, I don't know, like, distract him. And Pam, from behind with the piece of wood, it just gets knocked down like below and Pam notices the spiky thing. There's like a, like farm equipment or something. It was a hay baler. Okay. I think, I don't know. It sounded right. It could be. I don't know if I actually know what one of those look like. It wasn't a Roy baler. <laughs> but was it? Oh, it actually, yeah. 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 Multi useful. Um, yeah. So like, there's a little bit of a scuffle. And Reggie comes down from the top rope or the hay bale, whatever you want to call it. Shoulder blocks Jason out of the way and off the thing, like off the barn, onto the spiky thing. And we see it wasn't Jason. No. Surprise. Yeah. The first time I saw this, who the hell is that? No clue. I had no clue. Surprise. It was Roy. Roy Burns. Yep. Roy Burns, frontline worker, not having a great day. No, he had a bad weekend. Yeah. <laughs> and so we go back to the hospital. Pam's like in the hallway. Sheriff Tucker comes out to meet Pam. And also to explain what the hell is going on. Right. He explains that it was Roy and that Joey was Roy's son. Which is easily proven by looking through Roy's wallet. Which he keeps a picture of himself. It was like a picture from earlier in the movie. It was like the shot of him seeing the body. He keeps that picture in his own wallet. And then the next picture is like the shot of Joey trying to give Vic the candy bar. He keeps that in his wallet. What's even better is that Sheriff Tucker gives Pam a newspaper clipping that has a mugshot. Of Jason. Okay, I'm going to stop you right there. A lot of people say that's a mugshot. Well, it's not a mugshot, mugshot. but somebody took a picture of Jason. It's a candid shot of Jason. It was probably the last picture that that person took. I'd I'd, I'd like to hope so. Because if you're standing in front of Jason and your last thought is to take a picture? Selfie. I'm sorry, you deserve to die. Is that mean? No, because it's a fictional quandary. (laughs) Uh, so Pam shows up to Tommy's room and he's sleeping. So like a nurse is like in the room reading a book, goes up to Tommy and he wakes up and 
he just stabs Pam and laughs. Aha! Surprise! Got him. So we had another nightmare, and he wakes up again. And he sees Jason's vision, but has like a different reaction this time. You know, he gets up, he opens his drawer, and the blue mask is in the side drawer. Now, I want to know, like, obviously we know the sheriff is handling the case, but who is in charge of the evidence? Because the sheriff's just walking around showing everybody Roy's wallet. <laughs> Fucking Tommy is in the hospital and has the mask. Like, does, did everyone take a souvenir home? <laughs> you got a little Reggie the Reckless, got the machete. <sighs> These things aren't being procured properly. So, you know, Pam comes to the door and hears glass break and doesn't see Tommy. So he creeps up from behind the door, making everyone think. He kind of chief, one flew over the cuckoo nest. Yeah. Oh, he just, he escaped. Right. So now everyone thinks that he is now the new Jason. So which apparently that last scene, like that, that whole thing was written by the guy who played Jason, uh, John Shepard. No, it was written by the kid that played Tommy. That's what I meant. Well, it's still John Shepard. Yes. But yeah. I meant, meant, meant he wrote like three pages of dialogue. They're like, dude, You've barely said any anything in this whole movie. Now you're like Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. He's like, but no, no, this is great. We'll use it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they so they left left it open-ended kind of. Like obviously they were leaning to go as Tommy is the killer, but people got so mad that Jason wasn't the killer in this. They kind of had to scrap that. Um it, the end of this made me think of Halloween four. When Daniel Harris pretty much Mm -hmm. is the killer at the end of it. And that movie came out three years after this. So like a lot of parallels to other movies. So like this, it's a great fucking movie. It is really good. And I understand why they tried to go in that direction. Because, I mean, after four, he's supposed to be dead. It was the final chapter. So... You know, why not try something else? Why not go in a different in a different way? It's like bringing the aspects of the first like four movies, like, you know, having Tommy like carry over. But, you know, knowing Jason's dead, well, you know, like why not have a copycat? Yeah. And you would think there would be more copycats with the amount of killings happening. So Ebert called this movie more recycled garbage. Uh, his his. Uh, back and forth with Siskel reviewing this movie. He said, I don't even know why I had to review this movie. <laughs> like he was pretty pissed. And they both just like trashed on this movie. Siskel goes, there's a real salivating over the garbage in this picture. <laughs> but yes, yes, there was because it was fun. I really enjoy this movie. I did too. And I, I don't know. Just, I, I, I can't find anyone that can logically like, Say, like, I like the movie, but, you know, I, I, I didn't like this aspect, but I like this, but I didn't like that. There's no middle ground. It's like, this movie sucks. This movie's, like, fucking awesome. Like, nobody, there's, there's no middle ground. Yeah, and the thing that most people use is the fact that it's Roy Burns as right. the killer. And who cares who the killer is? It doesn't matter. No, I mean, was the movie fun up till then? So the ending didn't land. Big deal. Right. And and actually, like somebody pointed out that 
there's a lot of like the first movie like in this yeah you know this is you don't the killer isn't revealed to basically the very end you know it's based off of you know the vengeance of like a son's death yeah a lot of cool characters you know funny moments i really like it i think i'm going three and a half brains all right i'm going four brains just because it's my birthday so it gets an extra half brain it gets an extra half brain and 40 starts with four i guess i don't know okay no i i I love i love the movie it's it's in my top three of my favorite of the franchise great kills lots of boobs yeah just fun 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 time i will watch it every time that it's on nice yeah so actually got a lot of fan feedback on this one still still getting some actually coming right under the gun guys I'll start with the Video Nasty Project. While I won't sign off on it being better than X, I do think the movie gets an unfair amount of stick. No, it's not some misunderstood gem like Halloween 3, but it ain't all that bad, especially if you take it as just another 80s slasher without the Jason baggage. It's fine. Well, that's that's bold saying it's not as um, good as X. I know you're a huge X fan. I've probably only seen that one once, maybe twice. I mean, I'm a huge X fan. I mean, I enjoy it. I mean, it's still probably in the bottom half of my my favorites, but I don't hate it. I like it. There's fun stuff, like part of it. I don't care he's in space. Captain Harless, Vampire Hunter. I actually like it. It's better than eight. Jason goes to hell. Jason X and Friday the 13th remake. So that's cool. Right. Steven Wandling. This is actually my favorite Friday. Hashtag mutant fam. And uh, I was just mentioning, I like, hell yeah, it's, it's mad fun. Characters cool. And he's, I adore it. I totally agree. I think the characters are a blast and I think it has a mean streak that the others kind of lack. It's the sleaziest Friday, which is my idea of a good time. Skull and crossbones emoji. And a really funny gif of demon. And it says TGIF in what looks like diarrhea lettering. Yeah, I I got quite a bit on Instagram also. Uh, we have the, the MPGP podcast where he basically said, as far as Roy, the character goes, mask off. He's bland and underdeveloped. However, him with the mask on, he's just as good as Jason. Uh, we actually like the movie a lot. Not our favorite, of course, but hey, it's better than Seven. Gets points for the crazy amount of boobs. It's fun. It's a fun movie that just gets too much hate simply because Jason isn't in it. Decelery71 says, I used to dislike it, but my opinion on it has approved over the years. It's interesting in that stylistically it bears the strongest resemblance to the original. Uh, you have a very real, very much alive killer slaughtering locals as as revenge for the death of a child. And the identity of the killer is presented as a mystery for much of the film, though, to be honest, everyone likely figured out who the killer was in the first scene, in his first scene. Uh, if not, why was he murdering people? Some of the kills are pretty awesome. And the final find the bodies, chase through the woods during a rainstorm, confront the killer sequence 
Uh, and this one was the best in the franchise, definitely a lot higher in my order of favorites than it was back in the 80s. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, apparently, 11-year-old me is a fucking idiot because I did not see that coming because when they did the face reveal, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just fun time. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. In preparing for this episode, I've seen this movie at least twice more. I think I watched it the last Friday the 13th that came around. I mean, this is definitely one of my go-tos. Oh, it is It is for me, too. So. Horror Babe of the Month. Yes. Who'd you go with? So this month, I went with Jennifer Aniston. Okay, so one horror movie under her belt. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care at all. It was a great horror movie. It was. So Leprechaun, she played Tori in the first Leprechaun. Yeah. And probably has one of the best lines in in horror history. Well, maybe not horror history, but maybe in horror in 1993. Fuck you, Lucky Charms. Or was that the kid? Oh, God. Oh, God. That was the kid, wasn't it? <laughs> Fuck you, Lucky Charms. <laughs> yeah, while it's funny for the movie, I don't know if I would go as bold to say that's the best line in horror history. Great for the movie. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously, she showed a lot of flair <laughs> in that movie. She also was in a uh, a good blackmail thriller with Clive Owen, Derailed. That was a great movie. That was a great movie. She also played in Marley and Me, which is a little underrated movie about a dog that gets bitten on the face by a rabid bunny and ends up going on a killing spree. I I, I don't think that's what that's about. Oh, no, that was Cujo. Sorry, no. She's in Marley and Me. Cujo's a, a completely different movie. They're both dogs. It's actually a funny story. Uh, Jen and I went camping one year and it like rained the whole time. So we did a lot of reading. So she finished Marley and me and I finished Cujo. It was very cute. Uh, yeah. Two totally different stories. Yeah. Marley and me, I, you know, when you were, you were saying that all I could think of is the Spanish guy from princess bride going, I, I don't think that movie means what you think it means. <laughs> she also has a great role in horrible bosses. Oh, that's worth a check out. Uh, very good in We're the Millers. Also yep. a, a good funny movie to check out. She also played in the episode Nowhere to Run. Quantum Leap. It's a great show. Great show. Very underrated show. I, I don't know if she was in any other shows. She might have been. Um, uh, I think there was another show. Uh, she she worked at like a like a coffee bar, I think. A coffee shop. Yeah, it doesn't 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 ring a bell. Doesn't sound familiar. Lived lived with her like friend from high school. Dated her brother. I, I don't know. It, it vaguely, vaguely. Maybe uh, towards the end, got a million dollars an episode or something crazy. Something like that. I don't know. Was it like Friends? I think. I don't know. What a stupid name for a show. <laughs> There's actually a lot of cool memes that uses the lettering Friends, and it's. Like Freddie and Jason and Michael Myers yeah. and all of them hanging out in a fountain. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I guess that that about does it 
Yep. So by the time this plays, you're going to be a crusty 40-year-old. Uh, I'm sure it'll feel the e- same exactly as it does the now. Same. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're already pretty crusty. So yeah, I can see that not changing. I mean, I can't like, I'm telling you, I can't wake up without something hurting. It's bad getting athletic injuries in your sleep. <laughs> like, like today wasn't that bad, but the last like three days before that, like my entire like neck and the like half my back has been like on fire. Like I wake up and I have to like move my whole body to like turn. I'm like this, this isn't, this isn't supposed to happen yet. Well, it's happening. And as always, you can listen to us on Podomatic, <laughs> Spotify, wherever you want to listen to your podcast. Check us out. We are on Twitter at fans of the dead one. Follow us there. Yep. We're on Instagram fans of the dead one. Uh, we're on Facebook fans of the dead. Also YouTube fans of the dead. You can check out our enchilada cook off and watch me hogging a lot of the THC hot sauce. Yeah. Yep. But that's fine. Yeah. You can buy us a coffee, buy us a beer, buy me a coffee.com. You can even buy a t-shirt. You can buy an official Fans of the Dead t-shirt from our website. Swag. www.fansofthedead.com Yep. That's where it is. All right. Until next time, have fun. Be safe. Peace. Fans of the Dead forever.